Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. We have with us today the founder of East Incubator. His name is Taylor Miles. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm really excited about East Incubator. So tell us a little bit about, about this fun thing that's going on. Yeah, so so East Incubator is uh, a nonprofit uh, incubator focused on uh, funding and um assisting projects that are focused exclusively on social good. So uh, that would include charitable projects, nonprofit projects. Um, The goal is to use specifically Ethereum blockchain technology um, to solve so many of the world problems. Um, So we've got a long way to go. It's it's early, but um, I think the egalitarian base of the founders of Ethereum are all looking to, um, you know, improve upon so many of the issues that we're facing in, in blockchain, specifically Ethereum um, looks to be a platform where so much of this, this new, this new potential can be built upon. And, you know, blockchain, it's the capabilities are just what are some of you know and you're you're working with these nonprofit charitable funds what are some of the big projects that you are excited to be involved in um the the initial project that we're focusing on at the moment is uh called Sheratella it's uh it's based out of the Philippines um and their project is relatively simple and straightforward they they're looking to uh, they're looking to service very specific niche um in the Philippines, they're not they're not addressing the like the poorest of the poor. They're addressing like this this kind of like group of people that um, have a lot of potential but don't really have access to capital. And we're talking like small amounts of capital. It's like micro lending. Think about it like a microfinance yeah. um, company, except they're not loans. There's no there's no interest. Um, they aren't required to pay it back. Um, they can pay it back, and if they do, um, they basically are generating some sort of a credit history, and then they can qualify for larger, larger grants. Um, so, uh, an example of this would be maybe someone that has, um, you know, a chicken operation. They're trying to, you know, build a business selling some eggs, but they don't have the funds to buy the feed or the chicken coops or the to get started. Um, so they apply. To Chiritella, um, they get a small, basically forgivable loan. It's structured kind of like a loan where they can optionally pay it back. After they pay it back, if they do pay it back, they're then qualified for a larger tranche, a larger donation. It's usually double or triple that. Um, and uh, specifically, the software will be open source. Um, the sandbox is going to be in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. But eventually, um, that software could be utilized by anybody around the world to basically do the same thing. So it's going to cover 
um, fundraising for these projects, and it will also handle distribution of the funds to the donors or the strivers or the donees. I'm sorry. The um, and this so it's similar to some like crowd for some popular crowdfunding platforms out there um, in the sense that it will assist in raising funds. But the, the primary differentiator is the platform will then keep track of and help administer like the back end, the operations end of the giving um, mm-hmm. and collect data from the uh, recipients, which will then improve upon the process of actually analyzing whether or not any of these projects are having an impact on the quality of life of these individuals. So we collect data from the recipients of the awards, simple data. I mean, I'm talking like, do they have refrigeration, power, cell phones, um, you know, just basic quality of life metrics um, that we can then use to, to keep track of the success of these campaigns. And we look at it year over year. Um, how, how has this impacted the, uh, the local economies on a province level? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the donors can then come back and look at this and using the blockchain technology, be able to have transparency in, uh, in where these funds are going and how they're utilized. So it's not just this, the challenge of, of so many of these big nonprofits is they're massive bureaucratic uh, entities and they just the money gets lost. You donate money and you really don't know where it goes. And mm-hmm. anything short of like a full audit from like KPMG, you know, nobody's going to know where it went. So that's so. Those are some of the high the high level problems they w- they want to solve in terms of transparency, accountability, um, and be obviously distributing these funds more efficiently. Um, getting them on the ground, affecting the, the people who actually need the, the funds. And with that transparency comes, um, you know, assurance. And once you're involved and you're giving money to a to a charity or to a, a cause that needs it, and you see your money at work, you see it doing work, you're much more likely to continue investing or to invest more. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's the biggest challenge and the biggest roadblock. Um, I think in terms of charitable giving is if people could feel more comfortable that the money that they were giving was actually having a, a real world impact, they're more likely to give more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like the premise of this, this Teratella platform. Um, and I definitely want to make sure I differentiate. There's like two key components. There's, there's the fundraising side, but then there's the mm-hmm. operational side. Um, so after the initial fundraise, um, which I could, that's a whole other topic in and of itself, but it's, it's going to be utilizing a, uh, like a lottery based, uh, like kind of a raffle ticket system okay. where, um, people could purchase, um, these raffle tickets, um, and, and possibly win something. And it could be anything from an iPad, um, to a piece of real estate. So, it, it acts kind of as an incentive for people to give beyond their purely altruistic motives. Exactly. Um, I mean, I I think, that ever hurt anybody, uh, right? <laughs> A little well, incentive. We can, all, we can all pretty much, yeah, we can all pretty much agree that like this whole concept of like giving in the blockchain space has not yet really come to fruition. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, outside of a few like 
small examples, there isn't like a whole lot of donations pouring in um, in the crypto space. Um, we don't know why, but I think our guess is that most people are self-interested. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, we all want to help, but we're still looking out for ourselves first. And if you can just kind of get use that carrot to get people to kind of like engage with the process of, of donating money, um, it can kind of like just get the conversation started, get the relationship started. Somebody purchases some raffle ticket or a lottery ticket. They might win something, but worst case, those funds will be uh, utilized to help whatever cause that they deem necessary. And they'll have control over kind of who receives the funds or what projects receive the funds. And then 360 degrees a year later, we'll then update them with like, okay, here, this is what, where your family's at now. This is what they've done with the funds. Um, this is the success of their business. And this is the success of the, the city or the province based on those core, like quality of like life metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And the first step is always the hardest. Like you mentioned, just, just getting started and, and taking that initial step of, okay, is my money going to be spent? Well, is it, you know, am I going to ever see it again? Is it, you know, all the questions that you have when you're initially investing in something are, are always the, the biggest barrier to entry. Um, I'm curious to know how you got involved in all of this. Uh, that's a long, 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 long story, but I, th- I think it's just coincidental, like pretty much all of us. I mean, we're, I studied economics and finance. We've always been interested in, in, in the concepts of economic and capitalism and business. Um, then got involved in technology and software and open source software, um, Drupal and WordPress and, um, and then a couple software projects came up a long time ago, you know, looking, we're looking to like, try to like create some sort of a, like money transfer systems. And we get, we started researching Bitcoin and Ethereum um, as part of that, an application for a small software project. And then, you know, it's just a rabbit hole. Once you dig down and, and deeper into the, uh, into the software. And if you're, if you understand open source software, and you understand economics, um, it's very, very quickly can kind of like piece the two together. And, and you, you realize that many of these problems that we're facing today can be, can be solved with, you know, this, this new technology. Um, and I, I mean, I see it as, I see this as like the next industrial revolution. There's this, this concept of like transferring value uh, without some intermediary is revolutionary. And, um, there's no doubt that it's going to have um, a significant impact on economics. I mean, it's that's the ba- the basis for everything is economics. So if you can kind of fix the foundational core economic system, then everything else, uh, all the other problems that are downstream from from an economic system, uh, can be fixed. I mean, poverty, terrorism, uh, inequality. Um, uh, I mean, there's there's so many there's so much potential for for good in this technology, and I think so many in the space have um, are a little bit jaded recently. I think because there's so much greed and so much like mm. uh, there's so much of the wrong attention um, mm-hmm. being 
being kind of like brought into this with speculation on tokens and um I think the narrative has kind of been lost in yeah. in the last 12 months. You know, I think I think we're everybody everybody thinks that everybody just wants Lambos, but like if you really think about <laughs> it, if you really look at at the core and Bitcoin community and the Ethereum community, like they weren't motivated by getting super rich. Like they were motivated by like disrupting um, and improving upon a lot of the problems we have with our economic and social system. Um, so that's where my found, that's where my passion lies. And like, I was lucky enough to like get involved early enough um, to kind of have a little bit more freedom to work on projects that are more interesting to me that, that might not be profitable, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. and, and in this, in this interim, interim phase where like, there's like, is it a security? Is it not a security? You know, uh, there's so much like complexity and legality and, and, and risk. Um, I just, I'm choosing to focus on something that like won't attract bad actors. You know, it's, it's an, it's good. It will be nonprofit. There will be no investment in an ICO. Um, there's going to be no profit potential for it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to only attract people that are in it for um, the social impact, the social good that can be done. Um, and hopefully, hopefully with, with the success of maybe this project or another, we can get some, some more funds donated to build this stuff. That's going to make all of our lives better, not just, you know, a better stock trading platform or, you know, not just something that, to make us more wealthy, you know, something that will really have an impact that will make the world better for my children. Um, that's really the motivation for me. I mean, hopefully we can all get rich in the process, um, but that mm-hmm. can't be the that can't be what guides us. And if it is, I'm I mean I'm just I have doubts about whether this, people that are motivated purely by you know purely by the economics of this are 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 probably going to get burned. Um, you know, I think we just need to keep our eye on the ball and, and, and focus on, like, how can we use this technology to improve our lives, improve the quality of lives of everybody around the world. Absolutely. I think that you really hit the nail on the head that a lot of people don't really grasp that, you know, these cryptocurrencies and blockchain, yes, we can use them in, in our first world countries where we have access to banks and, you know, it's an extra option. But, you know, it's mostly for people who are underbanked or unbanked and or maybe don't have access to startup funds because they live in a country that doesn't quite have the capital for that, that's where this is going to make the biggest impact because these people don't have other options. And and I think that's that's kind of where the, the discrepancy of, of understanding comes from, I think, when people here, you know, and, and especially in America, talk about it because they don't understand because they don't see the problem. And, and you really are trying to solve the actual problem that is, is at hand. Yeah, and they're big problems. They're fundamental problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so many people are are focused on acute, you know, symptoms of these deeper problems. And I mean, you're just putting a band you're just putting a bandaid on a on a wound most of the time. And they, they, these the blockchain solutions are big. They're not going to happen in a year. It's going to take it's going to take five to ten years for this stuff to be fully implemented. And for people's habits to change and for them to learn and understand this entirely new paradigm. Um, so, but as long as, yeah, you know, I we're mean, taking the for, first step, we're taking the first step. And that's, that is the hardest, like we discussed. 
I mean, the first step is just educating yourself. I mean, it's, it's, and, and I've been trying to educate people for years on this and it's challenging. I mean, even really intelligent people, um, struggle to like grasp these concepts. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I forget, I often forget that people aren't like, they're not blessed. Like I was in terms of being lucky, having the backgrounds in both economics and software, um, and open source, open source software specifically, and then learning about decentralization. Um, the, the, the piece that's really difficult for people to understand is the cryptography. Um, that's really hard for even techie people to understand how cryptography works, or, or even if you can't understand it, just get to a point where you can trust it. Mm -hmm. um, Cause you don't necessarily like, you don't have to understand how like your ATM machine works to use it. Like people don't understand how the Swift banking system works. <laughs> right. But they trust I mean, it. <laughs> I don't, I really don't even completely understand it. Um, <laughs> but, but we trust it, you know? So um, I think we need to get, like, I think the education, the educational component of this is far more important than investing. Um, and what I tell everybody that I meet is, listen, don't make stupid investment in this stuff. You're, the investment that's going to pay off, that's going to have a higher probability of paying off for you, is understanding how this technology is going to change our society because that's where the opportunities are going to be, you know, in the next mm -hmm. 5 to 10 to 20. Is It's not necessarily in these early ICOs or investing in Bitcoin at this stage. Um, for your average individual, just just understanding how this is going to impact our world and um, how you can take advantage of it, you know, in, in, in your job, in your personal life, um, be prepared for these changes that are going to happen. That is some great, that is some great advice. So if people want to start getting involved in ETH Incubator and donate and, and just kind of educate themselves about your platform, what's the best way to do that? Um, we're, well, we're not actively like seeking, um, a whole lot of investments at this point. Uh, there's, we still have some, uh, some of the international like legal, uh, hurdles to cover before we can like fully like take on a bunch of investments. Um, mm -hmm. but I think for, for now we're, we're mostly looking for assistance, um, with the Chiritella project. Um, we, we have a couple solidity developers. Um, but like, obviously that's the need. I mean, we need, we need developers that are willing to work, you know, at rates that are under a hundred bucks an hour. So, uh, that's really our biggest challenge is just finding developers to help us with the code. Well, that's fantastic. And um, if they want to, they want to help aware. and get involved. Just be aware. Yeah. Just, just educate yourself. I mean, we're not, we're not really asking for anything right now. We're at a stage where we're still kind of like building stuff quietly, mm -hmm. not doing a whole lot of promotional um stuff so there's also um there's also like kind of like a a parallel community that um that we really have kind of grown in parallel with is the blockchain for social impacts coalition by uh it's kind of funded by consensus out of new york mm -hmm. and those guys are doing really really good interesting things globally on a little bit larger, on a larger scale than we are. Um, but that team, they've got, they've got funding, they've got money. 
like their 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 specific mandate is like funding projects that will have a social impact. Um, they're a little bit different than us in terms of like they they don't care if you're nonprofit or profitable. Like they just care if you have a an emphasis on improving something that has a social impact. Um, we're focused exclusively on nonprofit stuff. Um, Got it. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd engage with those guys, and uh, that's about it for now. That's fantastic. Well, Taylor, I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast with us today and share your passion about this and and really get people thinking about other aspects of blockchain and cryptocurrency and their uses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I want the message that I want to get out more than anything is focus on the technology, focus on education understand how we can use this stuff to make all of our lives better and not just make a few of us richer. We don't want, we don't want more inequality. We don't want a few people getting rich. We want to raise the tide. We want to raise the quality of life for everybody around the world. And for the first time ever, like this, this technology has that promise. It hasn't delivered on it yet. Um, big shoes to fill. So, um, it's attracting the right talent. You know, the, 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 uh, the industry is attracting people for the right reasons, or they were initially. And I think that that, that trend will continue after the hype kind of mellows out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we're at. That's fantastic. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us and we'll have to have you on again to get an update on, on how East incubator is doing. Cool. Take it easy. Talk yeah. to you later. Talk to you later. That was Taylor Miles. He is the founder of ETH Incubator. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.